Hey, welcome today. It's great to be with you. And I'm going to be sharing with you today on the subject of worship, which I'm really passionate about and really excited about sharing today. So I want you to know that as God's people, we are worshippers. God has designed us that way. And if you're part of our church family, of family church, then it's really important that you understand this, that we value worship. Worship is a part of who we are. So today I'm going to talk about why we worship and how we worship. We're going to keep it really simple. Why we worship and how we worship. So why do we worship? Well, worship is our response to God. It's, it's our response to God in recognition of who he is. God is awesome. He's powerful. He's the creator. He's mighty. He's glorious. He's holy. He's also loving and kind and gentle. He's faithful, merciful and gracious. He's our saviour. He's our redeemer. He's our restorer. He's our healer. He's our protector. He is our provider. He's our peace giver. God is awesome. He's also intimate. And our worship is a response to who God is. I'm sure you'll agree that having heard all of those things about who God is, you'll agree that he's worthy of our worship. And that's where the word worship comes from. It comes from an old English word, worship. Worship is the ascribing of high, the highest worth. God's worthy of our worship because of who he is. Psalm 29 Verses 1 to 2 says, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. If you don't feel like God's done anything for you, he is still worthy of your worship. You might be in a place in life where you're thinking, Where's God? Where's God right now? Why isn't God doing something for me right now? You may feel like God's never done anything for you at all, but the truth is he is worthy of your worship because of who he is. And actually, the more you know about who he is, the more you'll have faith to see God move in your life. He is faithful. He is your provider. He is your peace giver. He is your protector. He is all of those things. And the more you see him that way and the more you come before him, recognizing his worthiness and worshiping him, the more you will see him move in your life in those ways. The most common Greek word for worship is proskunio, and it means to kiss as, as if you were kissing the hand of, of a superior coming before them and kissing their hand. And uh, I always have this image um, of, of a dog. Uh, when, when, when their owner arrives home, uh, the dog goes crazy. They might have been out all day long and the dog, do dog is so happy to see their owner when they come home. All they need is the key in the door and, and the dog is straight there ready to welcome their owner home. And as they come through the door, the dog just jumps up and, and licks them all over, kisses them all over. And that's one of the images I, I kind of have in my mind of, of what worship is. It's just that, that desire to come before God and to recognize how wonderful and how worthy he is of our worship. Most dog owners um, don't do a lot to earn their dog's affection and to earn their, their dog's love. 
They just own the dog. It's because of who they are that the dog loves them. It's not about what they've done. They, they could have just had a really bad morning and completely ignored the dog before they went out. But when they get home, the dog is just so excited to see them because of who they are. It says in Psalm 95, verses 1 to 7, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. For in his hands are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. So why do we worship God? We worship God because he is worthy of our worship. We worship him because of who he is and not because of what he has done for us. I've heard it said that God created us humans because of who he is and he desired to share his love. He created us because he is love, because he is love. And he wanted to pour his love into something. So he made us to pour his love into. We were created to be vessels of God's love. That's our primary purpose to be loved by God. What an amazing thing it is. We were designed to carry God's love. And Jesus, of course, was the ultimate demonstration of our Heavenly Father's love. So there's only one response to being loved in this way by God, to being created to be a carrier of God's love, and that is to love God back. And worship is simply a demonstration of our love for God. When we come to God, in worship, we're pouring out our love to him. So that's why we worship. And then we're going to spend a little bit more time looking at how we worship. Well, we've got some insights from the psalm, Psalm 95, that we just read. It speaks in Psalm 95. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. So that psalm, Psalm 95, it speaks of singing, of shouting joyfully, of giving thanks and giving praise to God. We express our love to God as we worship him with singing, with joyful shouts, with, with songs of thanks and with songs of praise. Now the next psalm, Psalm 96, then goes on to speak about that some more. And it speaks of singing and proclaiming the good news of God's salvation. And then it goes on to say these words here, Psalm 96, verses 7 to 9. It says, Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before and, and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. So give to the Lord. 
This is what it's saying. It's saying, come before God, give him glory, give him strength, give back to God from the depths of your heart because you're a vessel of God's love. So let's love God back with our worship. There are many ways that we can worship God. There are obviously, the most obvious way is is singing, uh, shouting, thanking and giving him praise. However, one of the greatest ways that you can personally worship God is actually to, to go into your room and shut the door and pour out words of love and thanks to God. That's an act of worship. That pulling away from the world and coming before God is truly precious to God. So when you pull away and you come before, that's something that is an act of worship that means something to God. You don't have to sing songs. You may just speak words from your heart. You may just pour your love out to God. You may just talk to God about the day that you've had, but that pulling away and that that shutting out the things that distract and coming before God is truly a precious act of worship to God. It says in Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, in the, by the mercies of God, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's really interesting, isn't it? To offer your bodies as a, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing before God. In other words, we come before God every part of us, even our physical bodies, we come before God. And that is true and proper worship when we pull away from the world and we come before God. In the message version, in Romans 12 verse 1, it says this, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So pulling away and coming before God, that is an act of worship. Another way to worship God is to do the will of God. So there's the most obvious way, which is to sing and to to thank God and to bring him praise and make joyful shouts before God. There's, there's this pulling away from the world and coming before God. And another way that we can worship God is to do the will of God, doing the will of God, especially when your mind and your flesh want to do something else, when you want to go in a different direction. It says in Luke chapter 22, verses 41 to 44, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying father if it is your will take this cup away from me nevertheless not my will but yours be done then an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him and being in agony he prayed more earnestly then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground i don't think you or i could ever really understand the depth of of stress and the depth of of weight that was upon Jesus in those moments in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he pulled himself away and he came before the Father and and he poured his heart out and said, God, Father, let not my will but yours be done. What an amazing prayer 
if you follow through. You know, it's easy to say, God, your will be done, not mine. But actually, Jesus meant it with all of his heart. And he was willing to go all the way to the cross because that's what the Father wanted him to do. You know, Jesus in that moment demonstrated his great love for humanity by going to the cross. But he also demonstrated his love for his Father by going to the cross as he followed not the voice of his flesh or his own will, but the will of the Father and the voice of God. This was the ultimate act of worship. Jesus had to push through the pain. He had to push through the rejection and the persecution that he experienced in order to do the will of the Father. When we worship God, when we worship God in painful and challenging times, this is so precious to God. Just shutting yourself away or coming before God with, with God's people and, and from your heart worshipping him in those tough times of life is so precious to God. When you worship God when it hurts, when you worship God when you're in a time of grieving, when you worship God when you're unwell, when you're battling sickness, when you worship God when you don't understand what's going on, when you worship God when you're disappointed, when things didn't turn out as you desired them to, when you worship God when you've fallen flat on your face, maybe through your own doing, maybe through others doing, when you worship God when you just want to hide away, that is such a precious thing to God. It's really, really powerful and it lifts you up. It exalts God and it lifts you up as you humble yourself before God. You know, sometimes you don't have your own words to say. Sometimes you have no idea what to say to God. And the very best thing you can do in those moments is, is sing a song. Find a song that says it all. There, there's so much amazing worship music out there. Find a song that says it all, that, that allows you to pour out your heart to God. That's a sacrifice of worship. When you worship when it hurts is a sacrifice of worship, an act of worship that really costs something. It says in Hebrews 13 verse 15, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The, the fruit of your lips is your words. So giving thanks to his name coming before God with song, with words, to worship God, can sometimes be a great sacrifice of praise. And in those times when it's hard, that's when it really, really means something. Another sacrifice of worship is, is when we deny our flesh in the sense of, of temptation. Saying no to sin is a powerful act of worship. In the wilderness, when Jesus three times said no to these great temptations that came his way. That was a great act of worship um, before his father. Jesus said to his disciples uh, in Luke 9 verse 23, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So when we, when we say no to temptation, we, when we say no to sin and we take God's path, when we say no to the will of the flesh and say yes to the will of God, that is denying ourselves. That's taking up our cross and that is following Jesus and that is a great act of worship. When it comes to how we worship God, 
I think the very most important thing is that we worship from our hearts. There's, there's many, many ways to worship God. But the most important thing <clears throat> is that our worship comes from our hearts. John 4 verses 21 to 24 says this. Uh, this is, this, in, this uh, passage in John chapter 4 is when Jesus um, meets the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And, and in, in those days, uh, a Samaritan woman was looked down upon by the Jewish people. They wouldn't mix. But Jesus, he, he crossed all of those lines because he loved people. He cared for people. And so Jesus meets this woman at the well. She's drawing water. Um, and, and, you know, Jesus says to her, would you give me a cup of water? And so she draws him a cup of water. And and then they have this conversation. And then, then it goes on to say in verse 21 of John chapter 4, Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when you will no longer, when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. Well, we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes from the Jews. But the time is coming, and indeed it's now here, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So Jesus has this conversation with this woman who has, has just discovered this Jesus who is the living water, the one who truly satisfies, the one who truly fulfills. And she is intrigued. Her life is changed in these moments as she encounters the one who, who can really uh, turn her life around, who gives the living water. And Jesus says to her, first of all, it doesn't matter where you worship. It doesn't matter when you worship. The great thing is we can worship God whenever and wherever we like. And in this country particularly, what a blessing it is to have the freedom to worship God whenever and wherever we like. We can worship God on our own or we can worship God with other people. What really matters is that we worship him in spirit and in truth. What does this mean, in spirit? Worshipping God in spirit. So it's not talking about just worshipping with our mind, with our, with our soul, with our mind, our will, our emotions. But it's talking about worshipping from the very depths of our being, the very core of our being, our spirit man. That's what it's talking about. So worship shouldn't just be something you think. It's not just about singing songs. Worship isn't to be a religious thing. It, it's not about how we stand or sit or kneel. It's about from the depths of our, our being, from our spirit man. And then it says worshipping in truth. Worshipping in truth, in other words, not putting on an act, not just singing the songs, not just going through the motions or looking the part. That's what religion does. And we don't want to do that. We want to be real. We want to be authentic in our worship. So that's what worshipping in spirit and in truth is. So it's not about where you are. It's not about when it is. It's not even about who you're with. It's about worship coming from the depth of your heart. And let's go back to the start when we were talking about why we worship. God created us human beings to be vessels of his love. He poured his love into us. 
You really only discover the truth of what that means when you find Jesus. And we're vessels of the love of God. We've been filled with the love of God by the Holy Spirit. And our only response is to worship God, is to love him back through worship. And the last thing that I want to to make sure that we understand is that God always responds to our worship. God always responds to your worship. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, come near to God and he will come near to you. I always picture this as, as kind of like two magnets. Um, when you have two magnets, it's like those, those, um, those toy trains that we used to have. And when you put them one way, they, they push away from each other. But when you turn them the right way round, and I suppose you could see that as, as, you know, when you come to God through Christ, you're turned towards him. And, and when you, you're turned towards God and, and, and you've put on this amazing robe of righteousness that you've been given in Christ, um, your life is like a magnet to God. And, and as the, the minute you step towards God, he will make a move towards you. He never holds back. He never moves away. God is always ready to come towards you. God always responds to our worship. God wants to come close to us. He wants relationship with us. I remember the first time that I felt God's presence. I was 10 years old and I was in uh, a tent, a marquee, where there was maybe a couple of hundred of people worshipping God together. And and these people were worshipping from the depths of their hearts. They were worshipping in spirit and truth. We didn't need a fancy church building. I think it was a Sunday night or a Saturday night. uh, And I, I was with a whole bunch of people. And, and I saw these people worshipping God from the depths of their hearts. And I said to myself, they must have something here. That there's something that just I got caught up with. So I began to sing these songs. Um, and I don't think um, in that moment I really kind of uh, understood what I was singing. But I began to, I began to sing these songs. And I, I almost immediately, I felt God's presence. And it was like electricity. It was, it was my whole body was buzzing uh, with God's power, with his presence. And, and I was prayed for. And I, I fell straight backwards because I couldn't stand uh, because God's presence was so great. Um, and that was one of the first times I remember really experiencing God's presence. And I think it came simply because I made a move towards God in worship and God moved towards me. He, he never, never steps away when you worship him. Don't ever think that you're unworthy to come before God because if you put your faith in Jesus, you've been made worthy. You've been made right before God and you can step in front of Jesus, the King of Kings, and you can worship him from your heart and he will always be drawn towards you. And he wants to fill your life with his presence and change your life forever. Later on, when I was 16 years old, I had some, uh, in my teenage years, I I wasn't particularly close to God. But when I was 16 years old, um, I remember being in church one Sunday morning, looking around, thinking, these people have got something that I haven't got. There is something so real about God in their lives. And I looked around and I thought, well, I need to do something about this. So instead of just singing songs on this occasion, I remember singing the songs that everyone else was singing, but meaning them with all of my heart. I I remember thinking, right, if I'm going to do this, I need to give God everything. And I remember 
singing from the depths of my heart these songs of worship to God. And this time, it was an even more powerful experience of God's presence. It was a life-changing experience. Literally, uh, from that moment on, my, everything about what I had planned for my life changed because I met God in such a powerful way. And the difference this time was I wasn't just singing the songs, I was worshipping from my heart. It was like tens of thousands of volts of electricity going through my body, the presence of God. It was a wonderful experience. And then shortly after that, I got baptised um, in water. And, uh, and I remember that night, just everything about that night was, was filled with the presence of God. The presence of God changes lives. Because that night, my dad came. Uh, he wasn't a Christian at the time. He, my dad came and he watched me be baptised. Um, I think he was already beginning to ask questions in his heart. But he'd never met God before, never, not in that way. But that night he met with God, uh, yet he didn't say anything. He didn't respond to the, to the gospel, the, the good news that was preached that night. We went home. Six weeks later, he said to my mum, by the way, I prayed that prayer. And what had happened, he'd got up in the night that night and he'd uh, received Jesus as his saviour. What an amazing thing. And it wasn't anything really that anyone had said. It wasn't what he saw. It was the presence of God. That touched his life. And six months later, him and my mum, they were running kids' church together. And, and my dad now is one of the most faithful servants in our church family. Uh, and it's just a joy to, to have seen his life um, unfold uh, in God's plan in the way that it did. The Bible says that we're individually temples of God. He loves to fill us with his presence. That's, that's what a temple is, a house of God. He loves to fill us with his presence. It also says that together, the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he loves to fill with his presence. <clears throat> Just got a couple more verses that I want to share with you. First of all, Ephesians 2, verses 19 to 22. It says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. That's God's design for his church. God's design for his church is that we together are a temple of his spirit, that his presence comes and fills his church so that his church, us, God's people together on this earth can make a difference in this world. We can shine his light, we can shine his glory and we are empowered by the power of God, by the spirit of God to go and make a difference in our world. You can know God's presence individually and you can know God's presence in a crowd and personally, there's something about being with other people, worshipping, that is such a powerful thing. So I encourage you, even if you generally watch uh, Family Church online um, and, and you, you can't get to gatherings of, of God's people, worship God, worship God yourself. Put some worship music on. Uh, worship God from your heart, but also whenever you can, 
take the opportunity to gather with other people who are worshipping God because there's something powerful about being with other worshippers. If you've never felt God's presence, or maybe it's just been a long time and you feel dry, well, there's no time like the present. Just take some time, even today, take some time to worship Jesus. Put some worship music on. Read your Bible, close the door, pull away, come before God and you'll meet with God and you'll know his presence in your life. Lastly, I believe it's so important that we are hungry for the presence of God, that we hunger and thirst after God, that there is something in us that that passionately takes us towards him. And it says in Psalm 42 verses 1 and 2, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now. <laughs> Do it now. That's the answer to that question. There is no time like the present. Come and appear before God now. There is something in you that only God can satisfy. Only God can fulfill your life. Only God can provide you with that living water that sustains you, that satisfies you, that brings true fulfillment. And that's found in God's presence. So worship him. Worship him, not just in a religious way, but worship him from, from your heart. And you will see the presence of God change your life. God bless you today.